Welcome to the podcast, No Code Talks with Creatio. I'm your host, Andy Zambito, Chief Sales Officer of Americas at Creatio. And today our guest is Frank Diana, the managing partner at TCS. Frank is a recognized futurist and thought leader. He has served in various executive roles throughout his career and has over 30 years of leadership experience. Frank blends a futurist perspective with a pragmatic, actionable approach, leveraging horizon scanning and storytelling to see possible futures. So let's not lose another moment. I have the honor to pass the mic to Frank. Hello, my name is Frank Diana, and I'm pleased to be with you today. I'm a futurist, which means I explore possible futures and their implications to society as we think about the next two decades. We'll have a conversation today in the next 20 minutes about that future and its implications to the future of work. So sit back, relax, and take this journey into the future with me. So as mentioned, let's dive right in and reimagine the future. And we'll start with a look at something that's accelerating our future. And that would be COVID-19 itself, acting as a catalyst and pulling some of the scenarios that we explore forward. And as it does so, it focuses on different things, different aspects of this future. So for example, the period of reflection that we've had this last 18 months has put us even more in tune with purpose, something that we've been focused on anyway, but now getting a lot more attention. And you can see some of the drivers around this wheel, one of them being the activist investors that have joined boards and pushing them towards social causes. The other is one that's been with us for a while, and that is the fact that younger generations think more about these things and influence their, uh, their brand selection. And uh, a recent one is the flow of money and where financial institutions are starting to direct their capital away from some traditional causes and more towards new social causes, for example, net zero carbon and the trillions of assets that are being aimed at that, that uh, problem. And then the notion of societal factors, whether it's racism, immigration, inequality, these are all very topical conversations happening right now. And as it does so, it's putting pressure on leaders, in this case, CEOs, and the need for CEOs to begin taking positions in some of these challenging social areas, and they're doing so, more so than they ever have. And it's challenging in that those positions are polarized, not just in terms of potential customers or existing customers, but also our employees. And so uh, trusted and beginning to take a position here and there, but challenging nonetheless. And then we have two very big ones. One is the, the rapid advancement of science and technology itself, and the fact that as it advances, it enables the world to solve some of our grandest challenges, historical challenges that have been with us for as long as we've known. And as that advancement continues, it's going to take a broad community to manage those challenges. So it's not an industry discussion, it's not an organization discussion, it increasingly is an ecosystem discussion that's horizontal in nature and exploits these advances for the benefit of society and our human development. So fascinating view at one specific aspect of what's driving this future. And as I asked the question of my global audience around the catalysts of human action and change, this two and a half year old survey indicates where the uh, participants thought uh, the world was going as far as catalysts. And you can see innovation making it to the top of that list. Uh, not surprising because it's the pace itself that is overwhelming leaders around the world. And then I thought to ask this question again, post-pandemic, actually June of 2020, to see if our perspective changed as a result of this extreme event. And the um, change did happen. You can see climate change made it to the top. Social unrest also elevated 
in his positioning, not surprising given what was going on in June of 2020, and two new entrants, uh, a new world order driven primarily by the dynamic between the US and China, and deglobalization very related to the pandemic, as we know, supply chains were impacted and more and more conversations focused on resilience versus efficiency. So just an interesting takeaway in terms of those things that many believe will be catalysts of change. And it's important because as the world progresses, every domain is changing. And so the exponential pace of science and technology is a, is a popular topic. But what's not discussed enough is the slow pace of change in our institutions. And so as that slow pace of change continues, the exponential gap broadens and widens. And as that occurs, the challenge for society becomes fairly clear. We have one of two paths. We either slow the pace of science and technology, unlikely to happen, or we accelerate the path towards institutional change, which really has to happen if we are to manage constructive paths forward. And with all that comes the confluence or convergence of forces. These domains, when they do converge and change radically, have altered the world as we know it, and they're converging at this moment. And as that occurs, it puts pressure on our ability to understand these futures. So let's take a look at one specific domain, and that is society itself. What are the factors at the societal level that will influence the path of the future? And there's an overwhelming number, much like there are with every one of these conversations. So rather than focus on the breadth of change, let's, let's drill in on a couple. The first being an, an obvious one, something very topical today in in the media and in the dialogue around the world, and that is climate change and its impact on society. So good to we see this, this impact in terms of change and focus, uh, but uh, much needs to be done. When viewed through the lens of global security, possible futures are illuminated. You mentioned the Arctic ice melting and what that means to the geopolitical dynamic you mentioned forced migrations that happen as a result of climate change and what that could do to destabilizing the globe. And so not just the issue of the, of the global warming discussion, but everything that goes with that. Other topics in terms of society are the fall in working age population, something that's a global phenomenon, as you can see from that chart there. And the, the conversation here is all about, will there be enough workers to do the work uh, already something we're experiencing today, but something that by the end of this decade, many have believed will be an acute problem. And to deal with that problem, as we've seen with the acceleration of automation via the pandemic, there's likely to be an aggressive acceleration of automation and all that that brings with it in terms of discussions around work in the future. And, and this future work conversation is a macro level discussion. It's not the, the remote work, hybrid work kind of conversations that are important. This is more of a macro, longer range view of work. And two demographical shifts that are impacting that specific topic. One top uh, left talks to the fact that today we have more 65-year-olds on the planet than five-year-olds and under. First time in 2018 that that's been true. And bottom right talks to the fertility decline. That was a, a phenomenon before the pandemic and accelerated as a result. So we're having fewer children, not, not enough young to, to handle and deal with an aging population. Uh, and those two dynamics working together create some real challenges for society. And then beyond that, we have all of these things combining to force upon us a need to lifelong learn, to reskill society, to look at education in the context of the transition or the bridge in the transition that we find ourselves in, something that has been uh, historically uh, in the past. The topic that's very connected to the future work, obviously, as we think about the changes that lie ahead, 
and they need to reskill society and, and maybe doing it on a frequent basis as the rapid pace of change actually accelerates. Beyond that, we have very serious discussions around misinformation and disinformation and the evolution of deep fakes and the ability to really fool us in the context of news and, and the problems that that causes in terms of the, the fabric of society where trust really is that fabric. And what does it mean in the next couple of years as that gets even worse than it is actually today? And then lastly, um, the five generations of workers that we find in our workforce, uh, the chart there lists those generations. And really it's the first time in history that we've been here and the challenges that that represents. Really about effective way to make the point. And historically, whenever younger generations have entered periods of decision-making or impacting uh, governments through their voting, uh, the world has transformed. And so if you add that to the mix, you can start to see how all of these building blocks combine to alter our world in, in considerable ways. So beyond that, and then becomes a discussion around building blocks. It has been a historical observation that in hindsight, we can see the building blocks across these domains that shaped any given time period. And uh, it's difficult in those time periods to predict, but we can start to look at these building blocks and do what I think is more important and that is rehearse these futures. What might they look like? And in so doing, how do they impact not just our organizations, but the world? And so an exercise that I, I believe is critical to any future thinker is to start to analyze those building blocks. This convergence model, as I call it, takes a look at some of the building blocks that exist across those domains at the top. And the exercise here is one of understanding how given building blocks might to come together to affect a given domain. So for this discussion, what might the building blocks be that, that alter the future of work? So in highlighting some of those building blocks, we can start to identify how these combinations might occur and in so occurring, how they might shape the future. And still, this is way too much for us to really absorb in one setting. So it's really a function of storytelling. Let's pick a few building blocks and, and tell some stories about what that might mean to the future of work, starting with creative AI. And if robots and AI get to the point where they can start to mimic some of the right brain characteristics of us humans, like empathy, creativity, compassion, et cetera, then what does that mean to uh, the work in the future? We know that we are living longer lives, although the pandemic has impacted some of that. But as we move forward, living longer, healthy lives will be a common phenomenon. And as that occurs, it alters our notion of retirement. And so this notion of post-retirement and what that world looks like is very topical in the financial services industry specifically. A fall in working age population we spoke about, a reskilling of society we also discussed. But the relocalization of the world, where the globalization phenomenon over the last three or four decades has really shaped our world, as we relocalize through cities creating their own energy, or cities growing their own food, or, or building and creating their own products and materials, as that occurs, the cityscape gets more powerful, and it alters the need for transport and logistics and distribution. And so that world looks very different than the current world. And what might form is a very different logistics internet, as some call it. And if we think about the autonomous truck as part of that internet, that's something that's occurring now. In the Deep South, there are trials underway in terms of the truck and autonomously traveling the highways of that Deep South. That, that area in the US is very conducive to these trials. But as that succeeds, we'll see it moving up and north in the US through stages. And by the third stage, 2025, 2026, autonomous trucks are a reality. And as that reality takes hold, it's the middle mile, um, at least at initially, that is handled by the autonomous truck. The first mile the driver handles to the transfer hub.
the loads change to the autonomous truck and then it takes over from there. And then the last mile is also handed by a driver because of the complexities of the city. But over time, as it learns, it will displace all drivers. And so again, the connection to where work might be heading and the impacts of these scenarios on work. And as all this plays out, business models, new ones emerge and new opportunities emerge for some stakeholders as you see listed here, where for example, a shopping mall's parking lot can be monetized to become a transfer hub and facilitate this new logistics internet, if you will. So just a, a good way to think about the building blocks, how they might to come together and how it, it provides a, a process of rehearsing, which I think is critical for all of us. But beyond that is a look into the past, which said when we've been here before, great invention, lots of change across domains, we actually created our modern world. We, we advanced human development better than we had ever in the past. So the question becomes, can we do that again? And so if we layer on top of that innovation wheel, a new one that looks at these domains and how they might evolve to advance our human development, uh, the belief is we can, if we focus constructively on those, those, those ends. So let's start with a look at health. In the health domain, many believe these innovations have us living much longer lives. In fact, some life scientists believe the first person to live to 200 has already been born and, and think about what that might mean to society. Massively impactful if the average age of living is 110, 120, let alone 200. The institutions of society are disrupted as we look at that specific scenario. Uh, but there are other things to consider as the society ages, as we have fewer children, uh, it, it creates challenges for society. So what does a humanoid robot that looks very human-like mean to this demographical shift in terms of an aging society, not enough children? Early advances in home healthcare robots that start to solve the challenges of not having enough people to care for the elderly. And as we advance through this wheel, we start to think about whether this is good for society or not. And you can see from this survey that many people do believe that's a good scenario for society. And then we have food and the challenges that we'll have in feeding society, but these innovations give us hope. And the transport area where autonomous vehicles and other will change the underlying fabric of mobility. And the home is altered, how we live in it, how we experience our homes, how we even build our homes is changing. Energy and that transition is well underway, impactful and bumpy along the way, but it will happen. And, and communications and how we interact as humans is changing considerably. And information as we know it is evolving, uh, quantum computing being something that we expect this decade. And then work as we've been discussing and all the things that are impacting work, but there are solutions that captured an awful lot in terms of the, the future and the challenges that we'll face in terms of work. And then lastly, clothing is changing as, as silly as that sounds for the first time in a very long time. And I've already talked about education and the critical need for it to be the bridge to a new era. And I'll close with a, a key piece of this transition. As we move from the world of extraction to a world of creation, our materials, our food, our energy created versus being extracted uh, it changes the paradigm completely. And so in closing, the future of work is really all about that transition from a world of extraction to a world of creation. And with that, I thank you for your time and attention. Wow, that was a real journey to the future. Thank you so much, Frank, for sharing your insightful overview and future perspectives with us. It was a real pleasure to have you with us today. To get more information about our products and services, please visit our website, creatio.com. And for more insight, check our digital event page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Talk soon.